In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Anesti. Christ is risen. Today is the first Sunday after the glorious feast of the resurrection, and this Sunday is called Thomas Sunday. And it's considered one of the seven minor feasts of the church. And the gospel of today was taken from John chapter 20. And in the gospel of today, it's written that the disciples, they were locked in this upper room. And suddenly, out of nowhere, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to them. And unfortunately, Thomas was not present with them. And so when the Lord appeared, the other disciples saw, but Thomas did not believe. And then eight days later, or at that day, Thomas said something. He said, unless I see his hands, the print of the, of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, I will not believe. And then eight days later, they were in the, in the room, and the same thing happened. And... The Lord said to Thomas, reach your fingers here, look at my hands, and reach your hands there, and put it into my side. Do not be, do not be unbelieving. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And that's what I want to meditate with you on today. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. The Greek word for unbelieving that's used in this verse is the Greek word apistos. Apistos. Pistos means faith, means faith, having faith. And a means without. So apistos, without faith. To be unbelieving is to be without faith. And so I was looking for where else in the scripture is this term apistos used. You know, where else in the scripture this word apistos was used? And there was a case in the Gospels about a man who had a sick son who was suffering from epilepsy. And he came to the Lord and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And in the Gospel of Mark, it says that, like a different, you know, it says the, the disciples, it says they were not strong enough. In the Gospel of Matthew, it says they could not cure him. In the Gospel of St. Mark, it's actually in English, it says the same thing. But if you look at the Greek, it says the, the, the disciples were not strong enough to heal him. Can you imagine? And then the Lord said something, if to make it, you know, I got it. Straight to your face. He said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. O, o people of no faith, faithless, apistos people. And this passage is very troubling for me. Very troubling for me. It's one of the passages that should smack you in the face. You know, there's a couple of passages in the Bible that kind of smack you in the face. This is a passage that should smack you in the face and wake you up a little bit. Because at the end of our lives, I hope, at the end of our lives, as we pray in the Agbeya, we say, you know, well done, good and faithful 
servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Or will you be a faithless and perverse generation? Allah. It's too like, uh, and he smacked right in the face to wake you up. Are you a faithless and perverse generation? I want you to imagine for a second that you were in the story of this man and his son. Or I want you to imagine someone, imagine, you don't have to pretend, imagine someone who has an epileptic son and he comes to you and says, can you heal my, my son? And then you look at him and you say, you want me to heal your son? And the disciples, they tried, but they were not able. And the Lord actually rebuked them and said, because of your unbelief, because of your unbelief, and actually here, because I was looking at apistos, actually unbelief here is not apistos. Here it was a different Greek word. It was oligopistos. And oligopistos is very interesting because oligopistos means little faith. So even now the Lord is rebuking them for having just a little faith. And then he says, because of your little faith, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as they mustard seed. So can you imagine the Lord is rebuking them for not having for having little faith and then saying if you just had a mustard seed and I am like a little faith at the kid this mustard seed at the kid like just a little bit mustard seed. If you had faith as a mustard seed, you could move the mountain. Move here to there and it will move. However, this kind does not go out except by Prayer and fasting. And that part is troubling to me. I hope we're not characterized by the Lord as a faithless and perverse generation. I hope we're not characterized as a faithless church. Because the, the beauty of our church lies in its prayer, in its life of prayer, in its life of the Egbeya, in the life of fasting. Anyone who embraces the life of prayer, and then you full of faith. That's how you strengthen your faith. You know, I, like I said, I feel very, like, I wonder if the Lord was judging me, would he say, faithless man, you are a faithless man? Or would he say, no, you, you're a man full of faith. Each person should evaluate themselves. In the Gospel of Mark, there's another, some added dialogue to the story that I wanted to, to discuss with you. The Lord asked the father about the son's circumstance and about how long the child had been sick for. And then the, the father replied from childhood, he has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And then the Lord said something very nice to him after that. He said, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And that's another part that was troubling me. Is your lack of faith, is your lack of faith limiting the power of God? Because clearly in this story, the Lord wanted to do the miracle. But the lack of faith of the disciples prevented God's glory from being manifest to him. So the Lord had to do it himself. Is your lack of faith limiting the glory of God? And if you had, my question is, if you had just one faith, or if you had faith just as big as a mustard seed, what, like, how would your life be different? What mountains could you move? 
One thing I always say is, if a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain, if a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain, then it can move the demons from your life. The demon of anger, the demon of resentment. It can change the heart of someone who has grown cold. If faith as a mustard seed can move a mountain, surely it can hand, like, a little bit of faith can solve all the problems you face in your daily life. But you have to have just faith like a mustard seed. All things are possible to him who believes. It means like faith is like the key to access God's glory. Faith is the key to access God's glory. In the spirit of final exam season and are you studying complex subjects? I'm going to give you a formula. It was inspired by the formula for work. You know, work equals a force times a distance. Work is energy. Energy. Energy of faith. Take the energy of faith. The potential energy of faith is equal to the amount of faith that you have times the force that you put that faith in. Times the force that you put that faith in. The reason I say that is because the force of God is infinite. So if the force of God is infinite, if you have a mustard seed of faith times an infinite force, then you have infinite potential for faith. But the problem is, is nowadays what we do is we put a lot of faith, we put a lot of faith, in things that have very small forces. Very small forces. So you can put a lot of faith in like young people like to put a lot of faith in like terrible relationships. That's really good. Put your faith and put a lot of faith in a bad relationship. They'll break you. A lot of faith in a very weak force, very weak potential. Put a little bit of faith in a force that's infinite. Infinite potential. Without faith, we have no access to God. I wonder if you come to communion, if you have a mustard seed of faith, and you take the force of communion, what glory it can make in your life. Immediately, the father of the child cried out with tears and said, Lord, I believe. Help my, help my unbelief, my epistos. Help my unbelief. How can we remove our unbelief? How can we be more faithful? I want to talk about four things that we can do from the gospel of today. One is that we can keep watching. One is that we can keep watching. We want to be like, you know, an, an, another case where Apistos was used in, in the gospel is a passage we're very familiar with in Luke chapter 12. It's about the watchful servant. It says, And the Lord said, Who is then that faithful and wise servant or steward, who his master will make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying. Oh, my master is delaying. We'll just take it easy. You have fun. Enjoy. And he begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and to be drunk. 
The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour when he is not aware. And he will cut him in two and appoint his portion with who? The apistos. He will appoint his portion with the people who have no faith, with the unbelievers. One of the beauties about today in the gospel is St. Thomas was watching. He was present. Even though he missed the first time, he didn't leave. He stayed there for another eight days until the Lord appeared. And then, ah, then he got to see the Lord. But imagine if he wasn't watching. If he missed once, then he could have said, I don't believe you guys. And then he could have missed again. It would have been a big disaster. If you want to, your faith to grow, you have to be watching. Number two is you should learn from others. Learn from others. Believe the testimony of others that are trustworthy. This is a problem I, I see, like, it was a problem for Thomas. St. Thomas, all the disciples told him we had seen the Lord. Why don't you believe your disciple friends? Why? Why don't you believe? Why can't you But You don't trust them? You think they're liars? Why do we, why does mankind always have to See things for themselves and experience things. I feel this is a weakness of humanity. A wise person, a wise person will listen to the experience of others, will see others and say, Oh, okay, I believe you're a trustworthy person. I believe you. You're a trust oh, I believe you. Doesn't have to make the same mistakes. This is another problem that I wish our youth understand, is that hopefully you don't have to make the same mistakes someone else made. That you learn from the mistakes and you change and you grow. Is that possible that we can learn from others? St. Paul in his epistle to the Philippians, he says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, the things which you heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. One of the nice things that I was reading this week about St. Thomas is that St. Thomas's doubt that he had was actually the doubt for all humanity. St. Thomas's doubt that we, that we read about today is actually the doubt for all humanity. So no longer do we need to, to doubt. I'll read you one thing that one church father, a Western church father, he said, he said, Thomas demanded to see so that in the future, in the future, even godlessness itself would doubt that the Lord had risen. But Thomas was not curing not only the uncertainty of his own heart, but that of all human beings. Number three, I wish so. Number two is we learn from others. Number three, don't let belief characterize you. Don't let your belief characterize you. You know, some people call Thomas, you know what the nickname for Thomas is? Don't say it. Say it. Go ahead. Say it. Some people, they call Thomas Doubting Thomas. I hate that name. Why? Why do you call him Doubting Thomas? Because we, in our church never, ever characterizes a person in their moment of weakness. Never. Never. Never characterizes a person in their moment of... You know, St. Peter... Do we call St. Peter denying Peter? Or do we call David, the prophet and the king, adulterous David? No. 
We don't. We don't call St. Thomas, he doubted for a time, but then, now he's the great St. Thomas, the preacher of the land of India, one of the apostles, one of the disciples. Don't let moments of doubt characterize you. Don't let moments of doubt characterize you. No. Even if you think about it, Father Abraham, who is counted as the person of faith in the Bible, Hebrews 11, it's all about Father Abraham and how Abraham is the person of faith. If you looked at the story of Abraham, when the Lord told him, you shall bear a son in Genesis 6:17, it says, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live forever. <laughs> oh, Ishmael, Abraham, God is telling you about your son Isaac. Have faith. And then the Lord told him, You will bear next year. And even after Sarah left, he said, Next year, make no mistake, you will have a child named Isaac. So even Abraham, who is considered the model of faith, had a moment of doubt. We don't call Abraham doubting Abraham. We call him our father Abraham, the person of faith. Number four. Then, number four. Don't forget the experiences that God has given you. Don't forget the experiences that God has given you. The Lord granted... Thomas the privilege of seeing him and not only that but he had the the opportunity to to touch the Lord and I think Thomas never forgot that day the day that Thomas saw the Lord I believe that day like changed him changed him the day he experienced the Lord was a different day I hope everyone Never forget the experiences that God gives you. Many of us, God does many things in our lives and we can clearly say, Oh God, you did this for me. Oh God, you did this for me. Oh God, you did this for me. But then sometimes in moments of weakness, you might forget. Don't, let, don't ever forget the times that God has touched your life. Remember the times that you touched the Lord. The Lord has touched you. Never forget those times. So we can grow in our faith by... Keeping watch. Learning from others. Don't let unbelief characterize you. And don't forget the experiences that God has given you. I pray that this season of the resurrection we experience new life. Experience true faith. True faith that can move mountains. We don't want to be a church that is just a faithless and perverse generation. No, 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 no. Full of faith. Doing wonders. Changing lives. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.